0: The 2-0, this is Rick deep to left, way back, it is gone! Into the basket! David Boney rounds first, he's headed to third, and he is going to coast home. Tapping in Chicago, Mark Grody with you, here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score... Get ready to talk some Cubs. White Sox delay. They're supposed to host Baltimore tonight. They're saying 845-ish for a potential start tonight. Don't want to push back the Orioles. No, sir. So, White Sox fans, if you want to call in, you're welcome to. 312-644-6767 is the number. But the Cubs, quite a win today. They, They beat the Reds by a simple score of... One to nothing. And I gotta say, the David Bode home run might have been the the best Cubs home run this year. That was through a forty mile per hour wind into the left field basket, dunked into the basket. The the exit velocity was 110.3, a 21 degree launch. So low liner, that was the angle on which the baseball went. And I think these things are worthy of being brought up because of the... That was the exact trajectory that that baseball had to take in order for it to be a home run. This did not look like a, like the main wind out at Wrigley. And if you were out there, God bless your souls. Because it was coming in hard from left and center field, not as badly from right field. Still bad, just not as badly. And Bodie, I'll be damned if he didn't just hit that on the perfect rope. and even even Bodie, and Bodie's not one to to, you know take it slow when he hits a home run. You know, he's not he's not bat flipping Bodie or anything like that, but he was he was sprinting like that ball was gonna go off the wall. like he it, he he was not taking it for granted because of the day it was, But I was just like, wow, that is impressive. Hit it as hard as he possibly could on the exact right angle. And that turned out to be the only run of the day out at Wrigley Field. Just one of those days where the bats didn't seem interested, you know, Cubs coming back home and playing, you know, after the the Javier Baez stuff yesterday in Pittsburgh and the day game, and they get home early, probably had a chance to go out and stuff last night. And then they got to play in this miserable cold after a 70 degree day in Pittsburgh yesterday. And (laughs) That's the way the game felt for sure. The Cubs win it one to nothing. Couple of couple of things about this this game today. The Cubs pen again today. Sixth and specifically, it was Andrew Chafin who I got. I'm gonna go ahead and give Andrew Chafin a game ball for today. Sixth inning, Red sixth. It is it's one nothing Cubs. Reds have first and second with two outs. David Ross pulls Adbert Alzolay at that point, who had been okay. We'll talk about Alzolay here in a second. Pulls him for Andrew Chafin, who strikes out the very dangerous Eugenio Suarez. Got him swinging in a big spot. And obviously at that point, it sure it had that feeling. Like, I wasn't surprised that that was the only run that was scored. That's what it felt. Felt like next run basically wins this game. So everything was big. Every pitch made was big in this game in particular. By by the bullpen. So game ball to Andrew Chafin today. And 312-644-6767 is the number. Brandon Fryer back in our downtown Chicago studios will take your calls if you would like to participate, or if you'd like to text three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. And a simple question to Cubs fans: How do you feel? How do you feel about this this team? I think you should feel a lot better about this team, and I'm I'm even willing to at this point suspend the talk of breaking it up. At this point, now that that's going to heat up, and it, I have not changed, I have not come down from my thought process that unless something special happens, and maybe it's in the process of occurring, the Cubs have won five straight games unless they just really blow up and they get to 10, 15 game winning streak or 14 out of 50, whatever the case may be, if that, and and they've won 10 of what, 11 now, 10 of 12, something like that. Like if this keeps up, then I would suspend all talks about trading somebody big at the trade deadline, looking ahead to future years and trying to change the, the overall strategy of this team. But you know, unless that occurs, unless unless it becomes really special, then I'm still blowing it up to some degree. I'm still considering trading Craig Kimbrell. I'm still okay with Chris Bryant, even though he's he's been extraordinary this year. Still okay with moving a Baez or a Wilson Contreras. But but we can suspend that talk for right now, unless you're moved to discuss it. Three one two six forty four sixty seven, sixty seven. Because let's just look at what's in front of us here. Right now, talking about the Cubs pen today, Craig Kimbrell was was great again today. A simple one, two, three save for him. I believe, yeah, his twelfth save this season, 360 of his career. And his ERA so far this year for Craig Kimbrell is zero point eighty two. He was terrific. And I thought Ryan Dempster on Marquee Sports nailed it today because there have been so many theories on why. Craig Kimbrell has been better. And I think a lot of them are good, whether it's mechanics, pace, you know, adding that curveball like you did last year, getting the velocity back up. It's all it's all true. But you know what? It's, it's all a process of having missed so much of the season before he came to the Cubs in twenty nineteen. And Ryan Dempster brought that up very simply. And I'm sure it's it's possible that that's that been brought up, but it never seems to make the the top of the list. I thought about it. I'm like, we never really allowed for that to be possible because you paid for this guy, right? Craig Kimbrell, and you expected big things out of him right away. And you simply didn't get it up until, well, this year, well, end of last year. And then it it is folded over into this year. So you demanded it, you wanted it, and you should have, I totally get it. But I guess you can go back now and say, yeah, that probably had a big effect on him sitting around and, not doing nothing, but just not being baseball ready. And it took him this wide, this much time to get it back on. So it's good to see. And I thought that was a really good point by, by Ryan Dempster and Kimbrell has just been lights out. So Chafin and Kimbrell made you feel really good. The David Bodie home run was the best home run that I've seen out of the Chicago Cubs this year, just based on everything that he was going against. Um, and then there's Albert alzali who today goes five and two-thirds, didn't give up a run, five hits, six strikeouts, three walks. And if you just look at the line, if you didn't watch the game closely today, then you'd be like, oh, that's a pretty good game. That's that's not bad. The problem was is that he had all sorts of traffic in like the first three, four innings. Not a lot of clean innings in this game, but I suppose getting... Out of those innings shows some maturity, too. Like, I don't know. Is it is it good? Do you consider it a good performance when you get in trouble and then get yourself out of trouble? I don't, just because you are running up your pitch count. So it's sort of self-inflicted. And he did get over 100 pitches. I think it might have been his most pitches this year, or perhaps ever. Um, I got to look that up. But yeah, he, he didn't look crisp today on a day where... Pitchers will debate. It seemed like a pitcher's day, but sometimes they can't get the right movement or get the ball warm like they want to when they're out there on the mound. Sometimes they can't make the baseball do what they want. We've seen that from Kyle Hendricks that he sometimes struggles in the cold weather because he can't get the baseball to do what he wants. And when you depend on pinpoint control, like Kyle Hendricks does sometimes the cold does, you no good, but yeah, I thought Adbert Alzolay was okay today. I thought maybe his best performance in a Cubs uniform was the performance previous to this one, where he went the seven strong innings against St. Louis, and he he looked more dominant. So, Alzolay still has to. I think he's still he still got to show me stuff. And I I don't know how you Cubs fans feel about him. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven, and his future and what what he ultimately is. I think a really good three. Is, is where he will max out in Major League Baseball. And and I know some might say a little bit higher, but I think three is a pretty safe place to put him. And he's still got growing and maturing to do, which could put him at a higher realm. But I've got him as a three as to where he will ultimately be in As a Chicago Cub, 312-644-6767 is the number. How do you feel Cubs fans? What are you thinking? What's on your mind? Or are you, are you doing the cliche thing? Because you might be, and this might be the best way to do it. If you're a Cubs fan, you probably should take it day by day. (laughs) I know that sounds awful, especially coming from a sports radio station. Take it day by day because we hear that stuff all the time but that might be the best way to go about it right now because we were all thinking about the future when when Yu Darvish was traded and the Cubs told you a lot when they did that but they're in a position right now have again 1-5 in a row tied for first with the St. Louis Cardinals who are at Arizona tonight and it it becomes a question of buying or selling you know where i stand it's got to be really special to to buy, not just hanging around in first place in a in a weak division. Um, let's see from the six three 0 Jed is going to have a lot of really hard decisions to make. I think you're right, but I also think about that and Jed being Jed Hoyer, the Cubs president of baseball operations. It's possible that Jed Hoyer has made his mind up already. That and again, the Yu Darvish thing just it has to be referenced all the time. Because that said a lot, and I know that was a money dump. But w- when you trade your best pitcher, you are telling your team and you're telling your fan base, quite frankly, that it's probably not going to be a winning season. That they're, Let's put it this way, that they're not going for it. So do we expect that in just a couple of months, Jed Hoyer has changed that direction, that he's changed in his mind, that, as he said, and I'm paraphrasing, that, You know, some things philosophically have to change on this team. Contact has to be better. Development of younger pitchers has to occur. And we're starting to see that in the bullpen. So it's very possible that you could be right, Texter, that Jed Hoyer has some tough decisions coming up. But it's also very possible that that's not true, that he's made up his mind in a couple of months of baseball has not changed his mind in in making a philosophical change to the base of this team and not a rebuild and I know that those the words I'm using right now sounded like a fancy way of saying rebuild I'm, I'm not saying that because I I don't think that Cubs fans could handle that and I don't know that that is necessary for Cubs fans to do 312 644 6767 is the number um, from the 2-1-7. I think this pertains to Edward Alzali. Yes, it does. Mark, one inning usually does in Alzali. Making it through unscathed today is a big deal for him. He seemed uh, in control all day. That's my opinion. Um, Ross needed to let him finish the sixth to continue his growth. Well, I, I will say that, that. That David Ross sat comfortably. And I don't I don't remember there's a lot of visits to the mound. If, if Tommy Hotovy, the pitching coach, went out there or if Wilson Contreras made many visits, they did let him get in and out of trouble quite a bit. And then, I don't know if it was a pitch count thing, and I didn't hear all of what Ross had to say after the game. You're right, it it he did come out with was it with two? Yeah, it was in that sixth inning. Reds had first and second with two outs, and he pulls them Cause they, excuse me, Ehuaneo Suarez was coming up. Interestingly enough, you know Suarez, the the righty bringing in the lefty Chafin, but Chafin took care of business, like made Suarez look bad, got him swinging. So that's one of those cases where we could actually circle that and say, that's actually a hell of a managing move by David Ross that he comes in and he, he puts in the, ex- like takes Alzalai out when maybe other managers wouldn't have just because he had weaved in and out of so much trouble already had Alzalai And then he puts in the lefty against the righty, and it, it worked beautifully. It worked very well. And then later on, Kimbrell comes in for the one, two, three save. Um, Groats love the show. I think it's Tom Ricketts that has the tough decisions to make. Another good text right there. Because we don't know. Because if, and it was perceived as, by many people, like the people who are the baseball insiders, the word money dump was used a lot as it pertains to that Yu Darvish trade, quick, tell me one player that the Cubs got back in that deal, right? Um, single A guys, high school players who maybe will work out someday, maybe will blossom into something special. But that wasn't the idea. It sure felt like a money dump at that point. Now, if now the Cubs are, and this was the first day that the Cubs were back to sixty percent, so that means what, around twenty thousand fans out at Wrigley Field and that's the way it is for now. And very possibly by July I could see a scenario where they are filling up that ballpark again. I I don't know if the Cubs had budgeted in for this year depend depending on having fans and maybe they were saying we're gonna we're gonna budget this as if there's not fans and Wrigleyville is not Wrigleyville. Now Wrigleyville is starting to become Wrigleyville again and the ballpark is becoming the ballpark again, and marquee network is marquee network. So maybe, maybe those that control the money and the budgets will allow for, you know, more money to be dispersed at the trade deadline. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's chain of command, you know, from the top to GM Jed Hoyer, and then obviously to David Ross and so on and so forth. But it all, I think it really comes down to, probably Tom Ricketts sitting down with Jed Hoyer and saying, what do you think? Like if I give you the dough to go out and get so-and-so to get, to get the starting pitcher that we took away from you, whomever that might be. And I haven't even looked at available names at this point. You got to go to good teams that have great pitchers. That's the way it works. Um, Will will he sit down and say, and, and Jed what do you think? If if you add this reliever, this this pitcher, this outfielder, this whomever, can we really do we have a team that can succeed in the postseason? And I think Jed Hoyer will give an honest answer. Because obviously when Theo Epstein started, he came in and basically told his bosses, you know what, for now, give me a little bit of money so I can get like Edwin Jackson up in here and just some guys to give me innings. You know what I'm saying? And, but I don't really need a lot because we're going to lose a hundred games and we're going to be really bad. But while we're being bad, we're going to get Chris Bryant and we're going to get Kyle Schwarber. And I'm going to make this fancy little trade for Jake Arrieta. And I'm going to get Pedro Strope up in here and, and all of that. And you know what happened with the Cubs. So eventually then he was like, you know what, now I'd like some money for John Lester. Now, now I'd like, and now I'd like some money for Jason Hayward. I'd like you to go ahead and give me that. So is Jed Hoyer. At that point, right now, um, and and we don't know. And and I think that if J- if Jed Hoyer does business like Theo Epstein, and one would feel like those two do have some similarities, while separate personalities, and you know they will have distinct things that each does. I think Jed Hoyer probably be pretty honest. Like, yeah, I do think if you give me this, I can do that. Um, but I don't think he would be uh, like GMs today. Like they take it as like a a challenge to. Do it without spending a billion dollars and, and just playing, you know, fantasy baseball. Like we saw the Yankees used to do that kind of thing. But I think that like, and especially Theo Epstein, that, that's why when he came in, he wasn't like, just give me money, give me money, give me money, put that guy here, pay this guy there, blah, blah, blah. Let me develop. Let me, let me do it. You know, this is the Cubs way. This is the new way to do things. And we'll see if Jed Hoyer is, is thinking, thinking the same way. Um, before we take a break, a couple text messages. Saturday suckage on a Friday night. Where's Rosenbloom? I don't know. I've been looking all over for Stevie Sunshine. It's raining. Rain hurts Stevie Sunshine. They just they go against each other. So yeah. Um <laughs> from the uh, a bunch of textures, of course, in the trade. Zach Davies. Yes. I was talking about the the prospects that they received. And Zach Davies, I'm sorry, that ain't no prize, you know? Zach Davies is a four. So good job, though. Um, Zach Davies, you fool. I know you are. Um, Let's see. What else? These texts are moving. They're moving quickly. We'll get to some of these more here in just a second. If you want to call 312-644-6767. Cubs fans, what are you thinking? We'll also update you on what's going on out at uh, Guaranteed Rate Field and the White Sox game, which is under delay right now. We'll try to give you a better idea of when we might see the White Sox and Orioles tonight. Dallas Keuchel against. Come on out of there. Matt Hobby. I'm Mark Rohde. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670. The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Greg Kimbrell from the stretch. He brings it. Swinging a bouncer back to the mound. Kimbrell's got it. Throws to first. Cubs win. The Chicago Cubs win the ball game. It was something off speed. Winker tried to check. Accidentally hit a ground ball halfway between the plate and the mound. Kimbrell came in calmly, bare handed the ball. Fired to Bryant, and the Cubs win again. Wanker. What's up? It's Mark Grody with you here on The Score. Yeah, your basic one-to-nothing win for the Cubs over the Reds today is heard right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The Score, talking Cubs, 312 644 67 67 And uh, we were talking about Edward Alzali and, some people thinking that David Ross should have left him in to finish out that sixth inning. 6 3 Adbert was over 100 pitches. Chafin had been warming the entire inning, most pitches by him. And that talking about Alzelay should have had strike three on his last batter. Yeah, that is true. That that was in the, the little box right there on the television, slidered, and Alzalai was beside... Like, Alzalai after that last batter, just turned around and just kind of stared up into the sky because he knew it was a strike. And he also knew that that was going to be his last pitch because David Ross said, uh, no mas, and he brings in Andrew Chafin, and Chafin strikes out Eugenio Suarez. So it all worked out, but the texture is right. That should have been strike three and out of the inning and he could have said yeah that was a clean six innings and we're all cool but instead an okay five and two thirds by edward alzali but you could also spin this as encouraging or something that maybe alzali hadn't done and that was to get out of his own trouble get out of his own jams until David Ross decided, probably pitch count, that it was time for him to come out, and it all worked out very well. 3-1-2-6-44-67-67. The number. Let's go to Larry in Kiwani. Larry, thanks for waiting. You're on the score. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, man. What's on your mind?
1: Well, I was just thinking about what you talked about with the Chris Bryant and everyone. Um, I think the Cubs should kind of backdoor sneak an offer or tell Chris Bryant's camp that if we can't make a deal, we're going to have to look to trade
0: him. And if they can find something, I think, I mean, something's going to help in the future. I think they should take it. Yeah. I mean, I tend to agree. I mean, if they were able to get that kind of Intel, like if Chris Bryant and or his agent, Scott Boris was to say, Hey, just so you know, We're not going to stay in Chicago, but that doesn't, unfortunately, it doesn't usually work that way. Chris Bryant wants to give himself every single opportunity and negotiate with every single team in Major League Baseball, which is what it looks like he's going to do after this season. There have been conflicting reports on whether or not Bryant has actually gotten an offer from the Cubs or really how much it, it was or is That was on the table or maybe still is on the table for Chris Bryant, but certainly all signs point towards Chris Bryant and his agent wanting to test everybody at the the end of the season and figure out where he wants to go. And yeah, at this point, I mean, Chris Bryant, everybody sees what's going on with KB. He has been, you know, some of the the, his bugaboos in the past of not being effective seemingly with runners and scoring position, that's that I mean, he's been better than ever this year, Eden, and that includes what he did in 2016, winning a most valuable player trophy. But there have been so many times this year, I mean, just even even not just homers. I mean, just swatting singles in the left field every time and and like I said the other day, One of the things that Chris Bryant has done particularly well this year, despite or aside from all of the the things that we have documented in his change in mechanics and his approach at the plate and all of that, is that his guessing on pitches has been great. Like he's been really good with, you know, I think one of the harder pitches to anticipate or that pitch that makes players look foolish can be the, the change up. You know, it's such a deadly pitch when done well. And I, I've seen Bryant connect on more 86 and 87 mile per hour baseballs this year than I've seen in a while. And he, he just looks like he knows what's coming. And that is just another thing to add to the improvements that Chris Bryant has made up at the plate this year. So, yeah, and and yeah, you, you will, you would get something for Chris Bryant. You would get something for for craig Campbell. 312 6767 67. joe far northwest side you're on the score what's up my man joe mark how you doing mark joe i'm well how are you sir okay
2: how's the cat doing mark how's uncle jerry doing too
0: that's a great question uncle jerry is wonderful he is okay. healthy dave the great. cat was just here just fed him and that means he's Beautiful. probably looking for a place to nap right now thanks for asking joe
2: Beautiful. You know what, Mark? Cubs and Sox, I was glad to see them giving the Cardinals fits the last week. Fantastic. Having a good time with it. But regarding sure. the Cubs, the, so far, you know, this year, Mark, uh, the Cubs bullpen has been the Cracker Jack surprises this year. I'm sure you agree with that one. I mean, but you know what, Mark? Let me ask you something. Right now, how big is that trade that Ricketts and Hoyer made for Darvish and Carantini, okay? I mean, to me, it was a salary dump in my book, obviously. But trading. Sure them, like it. But trading them to San Diego for, what, four passes to the Twin Outdoor Driving Theater to see, what, an all-night marathon of Laverne and Shirley? But, you know, Mark, as a Cub fan, I'm not so sure I would deal anybody right now. I mean, especially with this big free agents we got, whether it be, what, Bryant, who's doing a great job, Kimberl lights out, and Baez making these magical plays in the field. But why even bother with the history of virtually getting nobody back in return? You know, at least up until, what, the July 31st or June 30th or July 31st deadline, I would roll the dice and see what's ahead. I mean, are we going to get a number two starter back in return or maybe a top-flight left-hander to replace what? The disappointed Quintana we had for the last couple of years. But I agree with David Ross today, Mark. Elzele, take him out. It's early. We're in May. we got a long year ahead of us. But for the Cub fans this year, news at 10, movie at 11, Mark, what do you think? All
0: right. All right, Joe. All right. Good show as always, buddy. Always good to talk to Joe from the far northwest side. I'm Mark Rody on the score. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the, the idea and it's a it's a tricky job for Jed Hoyer and anybody that is working in the Cubs front office, you want to. You probably the ideal thing to do at the trade deadline, obviously get players that can help you now and in the future. And that would involve young arms if you could if you can do that to build back up what is still a very unsturdy starting rotation. It is what ultimately still I look at and what you probably look at and say, that's the part of the team that still is going to hurt the Cubs or keep the Cubs from keeping going what they have had going as of as of late because you know you still don't know what you're going to get out of and 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 unfortunately we've had to throw Kyle Hendricks into that this year you're not always sure what you're getting out of Kyle Hendricks this year I have no idea what I'm going to get out of a Zach Davies start or Trevor Williams unfortunately well he was actually very good in Pittsburgh the other day very like breezing through the Pirates lineup and there's not much to that, but still, man, like Trevor Williams getting like one, two, three innings pitch very well, but you didn't expect that. So you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Even Edward Elzla who, you know, there's promise there, but you just, it's still the starting staff. So if you could turn that trick and get somebody in here who, right, is a one or two type of guy that you could have now and into the future, that that's obviously the best case scenario. And as I said earlier, Joe, like in terms of sitting tight or handling this right now, like Cubs fans, you, you have to take this the way baseball players take this right now, day-to-day. Like, okay, it, it's kind of happening right in front of us. Like, good things are happening with the Cubs. It's making us all think and wonder what they might do and have opinions on what they should do. Because it's very—like, the Cubs are really interesting right now. That's what they are. They, they are, again— Right now the Cubs are twenty-eight and twenty-two, six games over five hundred. That's the best they've been in relation to five hundred this year. They've won five in a row. They are tied for first place. You have a couple more games in this series against the bad Cincinnati Reds. Beat them today one to nothing. And then I suppose you get tested when the San Diego Padres are in town after that. But you you have some things going that <laughs> the Cubs are gonna be that team if you could just get to the bullpen, the Cubs are gonna be fine. Just get get me to to Andrew Chaffin. Get me to the end of the game with Craig Kimbrell. The Cubs are gonna be fine. Can they continue to live that way? I don't know. The offense has been terrific. I think they've had one of the best run differential. Like they're past the the point where remember the beginning of the year, it was back to the excruciating offense. They have they've gotten over that. Um and can can they sustain that, that's the big question because that has to be sustained because the starting pitching is not good enough. And right now, at least right now, not good enough to win in in the playoffs either. Let's go to Jordan in Libertyville. Hi, Jordan. You're on the score. Hey, how's it going?
1: Um, I'm well. So, how are you? Um, no, good, good. So first off, I have to correct you on the Honeymooners. Please. The Honeymooners episode was he, Ralph was gonna get in a fight with Harvey, and he was like, he said Harvey was a funny name. That was the episode. But
0: anyway, wasn't hold on a second. hold on. Wasn't Harvey? Yeah. did he? Wasn't he the, the little kid though?
1: In there? No, like, Harvey he, like, was the bully that like that was gonna beat up Ralph in the pool hall.
0: Oh yeah, that big scary guy with the top That big hat goon, yeah, right. he did look scary. He looked scary. He was yeah. in black and white. Yeah, so he looked scary. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. They, uh, stand corrected.
1: Okay. Um, I didn't mean to correct you on the ear, but you know that's okay. Anyway, don't ever do you know, it again. Um, so, as far as um, Chris Bryant, like if they trade Chris Bryant and the Cubs are in first place, i don't I don't know what that tells your fan base. I mean, as a White Sox fan back in ninety seven they did the same thing and people still talk about the white flag trade. So True. I don't, i I don't know. I guess what I'm asking for is what do you, would they trade Bryant if they're in first place?
0: Wow, man, Jordan, that's a that's a great question. and thank you for the call. Thank you for the correction. Don't ever correct me on the air again. No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't mind being corrected. It's okay. We're all here. And you know what? Texters let me know when I get things wrong. So here here we are. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question though for Cubs fans. Here's why I don't know, I mean, yeah, there there'd be a a portion of the fan base who, would be angry that Chris Bryant was traded for a couple of reasons. Number one, because he's been very good this year. Number two, because he's just a fan favorite. He is one of your own. He was born in the Cub system, so to speak. So it's always, it's always a different relationship with guys that you have sort of seen from the time they were in the minors and they've come up and had massive success like Chris Bryant. Now, the years previous to so this last couple of years, everybody wanted not everybody wanted Chris Bryant gone, everybody was down on Chris Bryant, and nobody would have had a problem probably with KB being moved. So to answer the question directly, I think that I think fans would understand, and I could be wrong, Three, one, two, six, forty-four, sixty-seven, sixty-seven. 67, 67. I think they would understand with but there'd be massive expectations on who they would get for Chris Bryant. And okay, Jed Hoyer, we trust you because you have shown to be part of a trustworthy front office in this era of Cubs baseball. So, okay, trade Chris Bryant, but make sure that what you get back or whatever plan you have moving forward is one that will get us back into a position to win year after year after year. And we don't want to hear about the inconsistency or the style of contact by the offense or the average starting pitching or what, whatever other bugaboos there have been for the Cubs the last year. We'll trust you, but we're watching, we're watching and it, it better be something, something good in return. So that, that's the way I would see it from a Cubs fan perspective. And I think that's the right perspective to have let it happen but have massive expectations. 312 644 67 is the number. Um, A <laughs> couple of funny texts from Joe. Joe, Joe, you're great. You're getting. Re- hey, Joe, when you get reaction on the text line, that's pretty good. Um, Joe says, Mark, too much. Um, that's one from the 708. Uh, another one from the 708. Yep, different number. This guy definitely knows your name, Mark. Impressive. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You know what? When you say a person's name a lot when you're talking to them, it keeps them focused. Like every time you said my name, I was like, what? What? Who? What? What? Who? What? Because, you know, sometimes during a call, I've got other things to do. But you know what Joe did? Joe kept me focused. All right. Joe is hung up and hopefully he's listening. So that leaves a line or two open for you 312 644 67 67, the number, if you want to talk about the Cubs and just. How do you feel about what's happening now or what you might think is going to happen in the future? And White Sox fans, White Sox game doesn't start until eight 45. So Sox fans, if you are hanging in there for this game against Baltimore tonight, talked about Michael Kopeck earlier. If he comes back and he's healthy, I'd like to see him get a crack at being the closer, not, not like saying goodbye to the, the incumbent or anything like that, but just give it a try And because he's got the best stuff for sure. And Sox fans, I also asked you the question earlier, 312-644-6767, if you are worried about anything, what is it? Is it Tony La Russa? Is it the pen? Is it the offense? Is it the Indians? Or is it, as Steve Stone said earlier today, the Minnesota Twins? I'm Mark Grody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. The Twins? This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Chicago Sports Station. Station.
1: I love these guys. It's a good, good group. You know, we've got a long season left to, to go. I would say that we weren't playing well. So, yeah, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a nice team. we we're, we're uh, got a lot of guys in here that are battle-tested and um, a lot of young guys that are earning their stripes in the moment. And I, I think that's a good mix. I've
0: definitely, teams I've been on that have a good veteran and young mix that have had success. And I think we've got, um, a, you know, a, a nice touch of, of both on this team. Yeah. I don't know. Are the, are the Cubs on to something right now? Or are they just a hot team at the right time? It's Cubs manager David Ross after the Cubs one nothing win over the Reds today. Mark Rody with you until 9 o'clock. We're going to talk Bears starting at 8 o'clock. Listen to what NFL Hall of Famer Kurt Warner thinks about Justin Fields and specifically Bears head coach Matt Nagy. We'll get to that in about 15 minutes from right now. But we're taking more of your calls on the Cubs or the White Sox. Sox in a rain delay. They're supposed to start on the south side with Baltimore to at 8:45 tonight. But 3126446767847. Calm down. Cubs June schedule is brutal. Hey hey hey. What did I tell you about one day at a time? We're not looking ahead right now. We're looking at what is in front of us, and that is a Cubs one to nothing win over the Reds today. And hey, Ross loves this team. So I wonder I wonder what David Ross really is thinking right now because you know, you'd think that David Ross has a pretty close relationship with, with Jed Hoyer. I, I would think. this is just me guessing that he, he's probably in on what's going, and he's not stupid. When you, When you take away his ace, you to begin this year, even David Ross had to have in his head like, what are we doing here? You know, like, okay. You know, does does this put the pressure on me or does it take the pressure off of me? But is he is David Ross looking at this year as kind of like the Chicago Bulls this year? Was David Ross supposed to be developing guys or and then, you know, putting his veterans and his core guys and free agents to be in the right position to win? Is that like I wonder what the expectation or what David Ross was told This this season, I do think that for the most part, Ross has done a pretty good job and all managers look good when your bullpen is starting to work well. But he's pushed the right buttons, including today, including today when he took Alzelay out with two outs in that sixth inning and brings in Chafin, who strike out Eugenio Suarez. That's that's a swift move there by, you know, from taking out Alzelay to putting in the right guy, lefty against a righty, albeit. And, you know, Ross did the right thing today. And we know he speaks well to the media in terms of he's not a, he's certainly not warm and fuzzy like Joe Madden, that is for sure. I mean you could tell like even with his Mark, he does the thing where they they have David Ross, you know, they do a little dugout interview with David Ross. I think it's for Fridays with Rossi, which you know, I always like to hear from the manager. I like the segment, but Rossi's certainly not playful, man. He wants to get off that thing as quickly as possible, which I guess I understand because there's a damn game going on. but this is not like this is not Grandpa Rossi that that Cubs fans are dealing with. He and this is not Joe Madden. They are incredibly different, incredibly different in terms of everything, which is good because you don't want the same guy managing you know two in a row. It's just the way it works. 3 one two Mark, in Missouri, you are on the score. Hello. Hey, first-time caller to the score. Thanks, man. I appreciate right you making in, it uh, here.
1: Yeah, right here in the heart of Cardinals country. But no, I just heard oh. that caller about the uh, the Chris Bryant trade, and I just don't see that happening. I don't think that, that the Cubs would get the return for Bryant. If you even look uh, as recent as the Manny Machado trade, I just don't see the Cubs getting uh, a package similar to what uh, – you know, we gave away when we acquired Jose Quintana from the, the White Sox and even, uh, you know, Aroldis Chapman from the Yankees. I just don't see us getting that. And and then, two, I think you have to look at uh, if the Cubs, you know, do make the playoffs, uh, you know, you're looking at more revenue, uh, you know, with the playoffs there. So I think if they're in first place at the deadline, uh, they keep KB. But I'll, I'll hang up and listen to what you, uh, what you think.
0: Thanks, Mark. I appreciate you making your first call to the score and doing it uh, right here on a Grody show on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. And it's an interesting point you bring up. I do miss the days where teams were willing to give up prospects (laughs) and it still happens. It does. It just doesn't seem like in this era of, you know, not as much spending, or at least that's the way it had been for a couple of years where, you know, he brought up specifically Jose Quintana and I don't need to, to go over that again, Eloy Jimenez with the the White Sox and Dylan Cease with the White Sox and Glebort Torres. You do the Glebort Torres trade 10 times out of 10 though because, you know, Aroldis Chapman was except for one home run that he gave up, <laughs> <laughs> um, was terrific. Was terrific in a, in a Cubs uniform. So it was it was well worth it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it will be interesting to see it, it is, it really is fascinating and intriguing to think about what the Cubs may or may not do ahead of the trade deadline. But I guess it's gonna it's gonna depend on where they are at that point. Um, from the 708, I am a sox fan. The bigger question for the Cubs is they do they have the assets to go deep into the playoffs, starting pitching, is a no to me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I always do this exercise. And that's, like, if the Cubs were to be in the postseason, please, if you would, line up your starting rotation for me. Who are the Cubs starters that are going to help you win a year? Who's your top three guys? Here's my list, ready? Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, is there anybody else right now here, late in May, that you would put in a, in a, on a playoff roster? It is simply not right now, a starting rotation that can do anything for you in the postseason when it becomes more about pitching than anything that happened during the regular season. Yes, there are encouraging signs from Adbert Alzolay. If you are encouraged by him. Getting in and out of trouble today for five and two thirds and his previous start against St. Louis was very good, even though the Cubs lost that game. It, it was seven really strong innings against St. Louis. The it, But the rest of these guys, like, sorry, I'm, I'm not there with Zach Davies. Even Trevor Williams, who was excellent against the Pirates in his last start, I am certainly not there with him either. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Jeff, indicator. Jeff, you're on the score. Thanks for wait, man.
2: Hey, how you guys doing? First time caller.
0: Thanks, well, Jeff. Appreciate it.
2: A, it. I, I think it's an absolute no brainer that you have to trade. Um, I'm a diehard Cubs fan, but we got four free agents, top dollar free agents. You're not going to sign all of them at the end of the year. You can't afford it. There's no way possible. So you better pick and choose real wisely who you want to get and what you can get for them. a couple of them. Now, do you think we're going to sign? What would you say? Two out of the four? One out of the four? Three well, out of the four? I think what, two What are you at max. on this?
0: I'm I'm two max on on that list, and it's it's a great point, and it's funny because. The, the Javier Baez play yesterday, like it re, it was a reminder for me that to, and it restored a little bit of faith. And thanks for the call, man. Appreciate you calling from Decatur. Always love calls from, from central Illinois. The, the Baez play yesterday was just a reminder of what he has been at times. That is Javier Baez and what he can be. I mean, it, he is a guy who at times with the bat, with the glove, with the base running, with everything is just straight up special. And in moments, the best, the best, and sometimes the most spectacular player in baseball. So just for that moment, it was like, yeah, Javier Baez, because he just hasn't been the same since he was runner up that year as MVP. Like, in any way. And even this year he he's made some uncharacteristic errors. So in in the whole gamut of things with Javier Baez, like it was kind of important for me to see him do that yesterday. The 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 rundown, the run back, and then Wilson Contreras scoring from third. So <laughs> I I wouldn't be heartbroken if he was the guy that that went, because I still think that there is value there. But it still comes down to what is Javier Baez thinking and would he want to be around? And then to answer your question a little bit more directly, I said at the beginning of the year and I haven't moved off of it, I would like to see them get something done with Anthony Rizzo. And 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 like 10% of the reason is leadership and sentiment. It's more about I think Rizzo is a guy who is still going to give you you know, 30 and a hundred for several more years. Now the back thing has flared up twice this year, but it's like clockwork every year for Rizzo and assuming it's not worse this year than it has been in every year. If you, if you lose them for 10 games because of the back flare ups and that's okay. So I'm on record of, of being team Rizzo. Of course I'm team Chris Bryant. Cause it appears that he's legitimately back, but it you know, we just don't know what KB is thinking. That that's all it comes down to. Has he had enough? Has he does he feel like he's accomplished everything he can with the Cubs? Does he want to go someplace else? Has he just had it with the the Chicago Mar? I don't know. I don't know what what I don't know what Chris Bryant is thinking. I just know that he holds the cards right now, whereas coming into the season it didn't feel like he did. The Wilson Contreras one is interesting because he's still one of the more valuable catchers in major league baseball. So do you keep him around? Like he, he, I think Wilson Contreras would still be a good core piece for the Cubs. Like I think he'd be good to have around, but does he have more value and could you get something for him? So I think they're all really interesting questions, but I guess, you know, the two guys, it's still, for me, it's still KB and Rizzo. If you can get that done. And if I had to let Baez go, I would, although there was some faith restored. And how about today? How about today? Baez, Steal second base and Joe West calls him out. Like Joe West, you cannot call Javier Baez out on the bases. Did you not see what happened yesterday in Pittsburgh? Baez is a spectacular. He was safe. They reviewed it, reversed it. Javier Baez was safe. You got it, Joe West. Nobody calls Javier Baez out on the bases. That's just the way it goes. 312 644 67 67. Got another hour to go here on the show. I'm Mark Grody. When we return, let's talk some Bears. I want to hear what Kurt Warner, the Hall of Fame quarterback, had to say about Justin Fields and Matt Nagy. We'll get into some Bears talk next on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score.